Welcome to Tim Stodds FM, a place to share new ideas, speak freely, and continuously find ways to live our best lives. And now your host, Tim Stoddart. Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Tim Stoddart. Welcome to Tim Stodds FM. Thank you so much for joining me. My guest today is my friend, Jack McGuigan. Jack has recently started his own podcast called From the Hill. It's a Philly sports talk show. Jack is a super charismatic guy. He and I had a really, really great time talking. And we talked about his podcast. We talked about some of the experiences on podcasting live. But my favorite part of this episode, and I think the part that you're going to get the most value from, was when Jack and I had spoken candidly about what it's like to first put yourself out there and what it's like to first create content and release it out into the public and hear feedback from people and just deal with kind of that initial self-doubt and insecurity, but finding the courage to to publish your content anyway so that you can build your brand and, and essentially build a following and a business. It was a great episode. I really enjoyed talking to Jack. I know you're going to find, I know you're going to get a lot out of this episode as well. So please help me welcome my good friend, Jack McGuigan. I don't even even know what they do. I just know how to make my voice sound deeper. And so I'm really good at that. (laughs) Good buddy. Well, what's up? How are you? Good, man. Good. Everything's going good. Uh, You know, we had our first live show yesterday. I sent you that link. Um, That was a big success, man. Big success. So I know you're you're not in the area anymore, but that's a that's a really cool place there on Main Street in Norristown that they emptied out. It's like a very old historic firehouse. And uh, yeah, that place is really cool. I actually put a second Facebook Live video up uh, on my page where before we get there, they had the front door open. So we were like looking in and there's an overlook seat. The place is amazing. It was a great time yesterday. What was the experience? Well, you know, hold on. Before I even get into it, um, give like some context as to what it was. It was your first live podcast, right? Yes, that's right. First live podcast, first on location podcast. We've done a podcast before, not in studio with people, but it was like three people. So we yeah. had upwards of 35, 40 people there yesterday. So it was a lot different experience, right? And mm-hmm. the crazy thing about it is being there, people can hear you. Um, we did actually have some issues with the sound reaching the back of the place. Like, I had to be up closer, but that was like a first-time yeah. trial type of deal. But you can hear cars driving by because the front doors of the place were open, like the raindrops coming down. So it's a lot to focus on. And remember, when you when you do when we do this podcast, right? There's only two of us. And if you think about like traditional shows and radio shows, people always have somebody off screen doing the producing, right? Sure. So literally, if you watch, you'll see a couple times where. I'm listening to the feed through my headset, right? And I see people. So you'll watch me. I'll let I'll flip it to my partner and he'll start talking. And I'm like, and then I'll start <laughs> messing with the knobs, right? Like you're do, trying to do it real time, mess with the feeds, and then like keep the conversation going. So it's interesting, but it it did come out really good. I saw that. I watched about 15 minutes of it. It, it seemed like at first it seemed like you guys were kind of trying to get your groove a little bit, but um I could imagine, like I would be, I would be nervous to do that too. I think I'm feeding through. Put your headphones back in. Oh, headphones? You hearing? Yeah, because I was, I was, I was coming back through the. Are you heating? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm good now. But yeah, I, I, if I had to do a live podcast in front of other people, I, 
think I would be really nervous, man, because you think that you're just kind of sitting there having a conversation, but it's totally different when people are watching you because you can kind of feel like if they're engaged, you can feel like if if the subject matter that you're talking about is like really resonating with them, you can kind of feel when they're drifting off a little bit or if all of a sudden people start to get up and like and grab some beers did that because you feel like yes. the crowd and when you were doing yeah, it you're 100 right so envision like if you're a teacher right and you're standing up in front of 100 people in a crowd and you're trying to speak to them and you're trying to pan the room and make eye contact but when you can see some people not engaged right when you're there you don't know why i mean there was people there having cocktails hanging out talking to friends while they're listening so you kind of block that out. The crazy thing was towards the end, when we did like an hour and 15 minute show. The crazy thing was some people were leaving towards the end, right? So they're coming up to the exit on our left and they're like saying bye to us while we're like doing the show. So we're like, oh yeah, see you. Like, like, see you, man. And, and then like mic back up. So you're like mouthing words into it. And then, but yeah, it was definitely a very unique experience for sure. That's good to get some practice though, because live podcasts are, um, I mean, just podcasting in general and, and geez, we've been talking for like 10 minutes already and we haven't even like spoken about your show yet. So um, it's just podcasting in general. is like this whole new wave of entertainment. And I think a lot of us are still just kind of running through like what the different options are, you know, like if you can do it. I totally live agree. And interactively with other people. So I, I'm really I'm happy for you. And uh, on that note, I've told you a couple of times that we talked like through Facebook, I think the subject of your podcast and like the timing of your podcast and considering like the landscape is all really, really perfect. So, so on that note, let me, let me kind of tee this up to you a little bit. Um, here's a chance to like tell all the, the Tim Stodd's community about like what your show is about and, and what you guys are doing and why you do that. Flips the hat around. I mean, Tim and I are both huge Eagles fans, obviously. So yeah, so what From the Hill really is, is it's a almost 100% sports podcast, right? And so it's funny that you talk about that as a Philadelphia-based podcast, because what we try and do, and I hear this from a lot of people locally, right, is well, we should do a little bit more local. But the way that I look at this is, we do cover a lot of the local sports heavy, but I also mm -hmm. like to put a national spin on it because the way I look at it is, and Tim, you've been in the city, you get two local radio stations, right? And all they do is talk local all day, all the time, right? If you flipped on one of them right now, they'd probably be talking about the Eagles and we're in June, right? So, of course, can, you know, it can get mundane at times to not hear that national talk, but at the same time, if you want to listen to ESPN, like national radio on Sirius or another one of those national channels, you won't hear anything about Philadelphia. So what we like to yeah. try and do a lot is the national spin or the Philadelphia spin on these national stories, right? And that goes for everything from after we got done the NBA yesterday, we were talking about LeBron James. And of course, the leading candidate would be, would he come to the 76ers? So you get, mm -hmm. you get a lot of the national coverage of what's going on with that Philadelphia edge to it. And that's really like where we live almost entirely. That's exciting because I think that... If, if, so I grew up listening to sports radio, obviously, just driving around with my car. Um, but... It, with what you were saying and driving around with my father as like a little kid, but from what you were saying, it's basically been the same conversation over and over again. And then it's been like the, the radio 
talents. I don't know what you would call them. The people behind the mic. Yep. Um, kind of giving their opinion and then calling in and then you hear some bitter like Philadelphian bitch and moan about how like what how he knows how to fix the team and that's right. You know, all like the problems it, are. You gotta go. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it's it's basically been the same conversation over and over again since I was a little kid. And I, I think it's really refreshing to see something that is much more like grassroots and is much more from the context of a fan talking about the team um and more just sort of like the fireside chat and like the the bar stool kind of chat that that you would talk about with your friends but now you guys just have this like new platform because of the internet because of podcasting where you can like interact with people and i'm just so excited for you i'm i'm kind of talking to you feeling like I'm just promoting your show and like I really don't mean to do that I want to let you do that but like I'm really yeah. excited for you well no I appreciate that and to be honest with you I agree and it's one of the reasons why I love doing this podcast style I think we both agree that that is really the future of this medium right it's the way that people sure. want to consume their content and to that end the live show was just another step in the evolution of the show like being on location because if you look across a lot of the shows that we've done we started with uh, well, actually, it really just started with me, right, at my house. Then we evolved to doing studio shows. And then we took studio shows to taking callers, right, to getting input. And then we've moved to the room that I'm in now. We'll do Facebook Live shows. And so people will be on Facebook Live real time sending their comments in and we're interacting mm -hmm. with them. And then we did the live show where people are in person interacting with us, right? And it's so many different ways to reach your audience. And I feel like that's the key these days. It's getting to your audience differently, uh, aside from being a sports talk show where you have to call in 50 minutes ahead of time and sit on the phone for an yeah. hour waiting to get two minutes on the radio, right? This is so exactly. much more interactive and it's the wave of the future. Do you, man, okay, so let's transition a little bit. Because as you know, I'm interested in podcasting, but I'm just a fan of like online content, regardless yeah. of like what you're, your particular topic is and do you think that that's sort of the trend for everything where because to paint the picture you're absolutely right like you call in you sit on hold you get your two minutes to ask a question they sort of cut the line on you before like you're even done asking the question or because that's that's just the way it goes like they have their timetable and they have their commercials and you know they have their red light blinking in front of them do you think that this new medium is better to have an open conversation? Do you think that it's gonna sort of create almost like a saturation where now like everybody has an opinion? And I'm asking for your standpoint because you are in like the specifics of Philly sports where there's such like a super, super passionate fan base, you know? Like what what's your take on that? So yeah, I think so here's my thing about opinions, right? I think that ever since social media came around, right? Because obviously everybody has opinions. And the way that the sports fan, as we just talked about, like to express their opinion was to call sports talk radio. But I'll, I have an interesting theory about this. Actually, I'm going to lay on you what happened. Oh, I'm going to show your name. So people, when they, they do this on purpose to you, when you call into the station, right? They may only have four or five people in front of you. But they leave you on hold for 45 minutes to sort of dial down your whatever hot topic you're coming in with, right? Because you're sitting there, then you're listening to the feed through the phone, 
to what other people say. And it's sort of like if you're in your car or you're waiting in traffic, right? It sort of numbs down what you want to say to the point where a lot of times you hear guys get on and they comment on the last caller. But they didn't call 45 minutes ago to talk about the last caller. They called well, to give their like extreme opinion, but they get washed over because they have to sit on hold for 45 minutes. I never thought about that. It's happened to me. I felt it happening to the point where I would write my my thoughts down so that I wouldn't get my, you know, just totally perplexed on the phone sitting there for 45 minutes, right? While I'm working or doing something else, waiting to talk to these guys. And hmm. I feel like it's sort of part of their strategy. It's why I love this venue because it's, again, it's real time. I say something to a Facebook live group and three people go, you're an idiot and you're wrong, right? And that's that's the, that's what the internet's all about. That's what social media is all about, right? That's what all Talking this stuff is about. Yeah, everybody being able to express their opinion real time. How has been um, the response for your show? Have you guys so, got a good following? Yeah, I'll be honest. The response has been almost universally thumbs up. And Great. I think like yesterday, we had a little bit of a hiccup for people that were in the back of the venue to hear us too well, right? But overall, we've had those sort of growing pains to where one of the shows, I actually had to of do course. an apology video, right? Where I was like, Great. sorry, I messed up the audio. But I think at the end of the day, and you know this about internet, if the content's good, if people like the content, then they'll deal with a couple hiccups here and there. And I think we work really hard on our content and that's the most important piece, right? You sharpen up the delivery and your mixer, you learn how to use it and you get better with your technology. But I feel like as long as the content's good and you take suggestions from the people that interact with you, right? Like when we do these yes. live shows, People give me what they want to talk about. I'll either do it real time or we'll do it the next show, right? Or we'll do it. A lot of the content I generate, Tim, if we do a Saturday show, I'm at the bar Friday night with buddies and, and we're generating content, right? Because this is the stuff everybody's talking about. I think you're absolutely right there. And I, the sort of motto that I've had from my website, my Tim Stott site is hit publish. Because I think the problem that people get is they want everything to be too perfect and they're scared to kind of share it out with the masses. And I think what we're doing right now is like a perfect example of that. This is a new format. I've never done like a live video, split screen, Facebook live chat, which I'm going to rip the audio and put it into a podcast. And even trying to get this set up took like 10 minutes of figuring it out. And I know that when I go back and I watch this and I listen to the podcast, there's probably going to be some of those like echoes in there where I'm going to find some mistakes and it's going to bother me. But every single time you do it, you just get closer and closer to like a more polished product. Yeah. And I, it's funny. It's so funny that you mentioned that because I just did a podcast. It was like a real short one. It was an 18 minute podcast that I published. Uh, I published it yesterday and I recorded it on an app on my phone while I was driving it to the gym. And I did that on purpose because the uh, the content of it was exactly what you said, that don't wait until you get your production perfect. You know, if you have an iPhone, you can do a podcast. That's if you right. have an iPhone, you can make a YouTube video. Like if you can call GoDaddy, you can get a website up there and you can get something, you know, like you don't have to wait for the stars to be aligned perfectly just to start expressing yourself and get your message out there. And then over time, sure, your audience will grow and it'll compound. But even before that, if you like have something to say that resonates with people, 
then people are going to appreciate that at least you're trying and that you're getting out there. I've, I've never, ever seen a good message get shit on because like the production was bad. I've I seen totally the other way agree. No, you're a hundred percent right. I've seen great production, right? Like professional productions where the content and the message is horrible and people yeah. have terrible things to say. When I first started doing this, I was by myself using an iPad with plug-in headsets, right? And mm -hmm. people would la make fun of me and joke me, but they go, but you know what? You, I really liked what you had I'm to say. It. Right. And that's really, you're right. That's a great point about doing it real time, like going to the gym, people, it will resonate with people more so that way. And honestly, what you hear all the time on these national shows or on radio shows or full production shows is too much perfection, right? You, yeah. you never hear cursing, right? I think we've both already dropped a couple. You never hear ums and ahs and likes, but you know what? Normal people don't talk like that. Normal people yeah. stutter and stammer and they fix that. But part of the beauty of podcasting and real-time content is that you get those sort of things, but people appreciate that. It's good to like, it's just always good. Let me ask you this. Part of why I continue to do the podcast, because I don't have like any business set up for this. I don't have like any advertisers. I don't have a revenue stream, so to speak. I mean, maybe I will. I, I, I guess I plan on it. Maybe not. I don't really care too much. But one of the reasons why I keep doing it is because I grow so much from the experience. I mean, all the people that I talk to, I've never had, I've never had like an uninterrupted conversation with somebody that I get to do through podcasts where like someone's not checking their phone and, you know, there's not some notification or someone's distracted. Even right now, even though we're digital, like I'm fully engaged in this conversation and I feel like you are too. Oh yeah. And I've never walked away from an interview I've done or a conversation that I've done through a podcast and just not been, not felt like, man, people are so interesting. You know, like there's so much cool shit out in the world and I get excited by it and it's why I keep doing it. And I, I get the feeling from talking to you that you feel really similar as well. I totally agree with you and I'm blown away with the people. And honestly, to your point about monetizing, like, I don't know so that we could have, we could have a two hour long conversation about trying to monetize a podcast, right? But I don't even care right now. I really don't because I love doing it. I love putting the content together, but honestly, what I've loved the most, and that's why the live show was so important. And those sort of things is, is talking to people and their reactions to what you say and having people say, I listened to your podcast and you're wrong is like one of the coolest things. It's I, so like, cool, right? Yeah. Like they'll come up to you and say, you were wrong about this. And I'm going, Oh, I'd love that. Like, let's talk about it. And yeah. you're right. You get people's honest on, like they're not looking at their phone. They're, they're talking to you about it because they saw, they heard your content and they wanted to comment about it. And I get a different perspective that I never thought of from somebody who I never would have figured would have had that type of outlook on the situation. And it's amazing. Did you ever think about having an interview or maybe even just somebody calling in from a different part of the country that yes, wasn't like so biased? I do. Yes, I do all the time. And one thing that we've talked about that I really want to bring into the show is that piece. So, you know, a, I have a good base of my audience is here in Philadelphia, but sure. I've got I've got a, a guy in Wisconsin who's a good friend of mine who we talk all the time, right? And then I mean, we bounce content off him because he's talking about the Packers, right, and all this different stuff. And I've got 
folks in Seattle that subscribe. So I've always wanted to do the two things I want to do are I want to do more like interview type setups where it would just be myself and Nick. If we have somebody else that we're talking about, like a full show interview, Mm -hmm. right. Or having people call in and getting different segments in a row of, all right, here's, you know, John from Wisconsin. And then of course you got Louise from South Philly who calls in next, but then you get so-and-so from Arizona. And I'm hoping that just as growing the show and, and widening our fan base that will come because we'll get people calling in or interacting real time when we, as we expand our, our base and we get more fans. So where did you even get the idea to do this? So it's a funny story. I've, you know, what you talked about doing it and just jumping in, I wanted Mm -hmm. to start this four years ago. Right. And it took me up until nine months ago to actually do it. To build the courage to do it. Exactly. To just, just go, you know what? It doesn't matter how it's going to look. Just do it. Put yourself out there. And I started with actually a golf club review that I did, which was like my initial podcast. Right. And then a friend of mine was doing, he works for the country and sport and social leagues. And he uh, sort of like manages them. And he said, I'm setting up a tent at the country and beer fest. Would you help me out? And my response was, I will help you out, but let's do a podcast there. Yeah. And I brought my iPad and two plug-in microphones and we did four segments there and it was incredible. And the response was just like amazing. And that was it. I was like, you know what? I- I'm doing this. I'm pushing forward because people liked it. It was impromptu, but it worked and it's just grown from there. It's so cool, the first thing that started. The first thing that got me started, um, and you know like a whole lot about my story because we basically grew up together, but when I moved to Florida and when I was getting sober, my mind was kind of all over the place. And I read this magazine that somebody subscribed to me. It was a success magazine, and it was only eight years ago. It seemed so outdated at the time, but they used to give CDs with interviews uh, in success magazine. And there was an interview with a guy named Seth Godin, who I still like, I read his blog every day. He's been really influential on me and like my online marketing. And in the interview, they asked, what's the best thing that you can do to sort of get out there? And he said, start a blog and write in it every day. He said, don't tell anybody about it. It's not about getting the views. It's literally just about, it's about like ownership of your art, you know, like finding what it is that you want to say and not letting all these ideas control you, but rather you taking like ownership of them and saying like, this is who I am. This is what I have to say. And like putting it out there. And so that's what I did. I went to a, back then Google owned this company called Blogspot, and you could just sign on right now. It's basically WordPress. Now it was like the WordPress of eight years ago. And I just, I started writing and I, I really wish I still had it because I can only imagine how like ridiculous all this shit that I used to write I was, was. Wouldn't you love to go back? <laughs> I really, I mean, like maybe not though. <laughs> yeah, maybe not though. It's probably better. But I mean, that was it. I, I got the courage to just say like, this is what I'm making. And then, yeah, you feed some of the bad reviews and people kind of make fun of you but then there's always that one person that says like hey i really appreciated you doing that that's, and that's exactly all it takes right and you, you know, know what i found what i found with the internet right and i think you and i from growing up in this era where we're used to the internet 
uh, bad press on the internet actually is good, right? Mm -hmm. Like if people are trolling your content on the internet, that means they actually listened to it and they actually read it and they actually paid attention to it. So a lot right. of times that like joking around, even if it's, they're actually coming after you making fun of it, it's not a bad thing. It's sort of like the internet's way of telling you you're doing a good job. Well, and it's not, so kind of on that note, like I was talking about Seth Godin, he has this concept of being remarkable. And remarkable doesn't necessarily mean amazing. It just means worthy of making a remark, right? So like whatever you said, you sparked an emotion. And that means that you matter, you know? It's, what's the quote? Like the opposite of love's indifference. You know, it's not hate. It's just like, oh, I don't even care enough about that. Right. And so once you get to the point where, where, where what you say matters enough, that somebody cares, regardless of what the emotion is, like they care. I think that's the important thing to, to go for. I completely agree with that. You're 100% right. You're absolutely right. Because the fact that you can get a reaction out of somebody means that they, at, at some level, value what you're saying, right? They may not agree with it, but you're able to establish a reaction, which in and of itself is winning. Yeah. There's so many like, man, it, the way my mind is going, I, I can see like a whole bunch of different directions because you're in like a unique conversation because we can talk about your podcast in particular and like the Philly sports, or we can talk about just your overall viewpoint on what it's like to be like a content. Oh yeah. Now. I mean, I, I'll be like, I'll be honest with you. I talk about this all the time with my co-host in that. So we started, we sort of started what you would think is backwards, right? We started doing video first with audio on YouTube. And a lot of people start the other way, going audio only, and then graduate to the video. And I said to him that the reason I did that is because to me, like I knew we needed the audio only portion because a lot of people aren't going to YouTube it. But I wanted to start at YouTube because I've grown up in a YouTube provided era where yeah. a lot of people that I know, you know, will stream video games through Twitch, right? Or or will provide all their content through YouTube. So for me, I felt like that was the medium and he disagreed, but it's funny with us talking to like different people, we sat down one night and he turned to a friend of ours and goes, you know, how do you listen to the podcast? And he turned right to us and goes, Oh, YouTube. And it's, really? I told him, I'm like, dude, because you don't have to understand because you have to take yourself sometimes out of how you consume your content and think about how a lot of other people do. And what I said to Nick is I'm like, I know you never sit and we'll, we'll listen to YouTube for a half hour but I do it on a nightly basis. <laughs> like I have different content providers for sports, right? For, for politics, for video games, for anything that I listen to on YouTube. That's my platform. And a lot of people are that way. Some prefer the iTunes podcast or your SoundClouds or your audio onlys, but a lot of people go to YouTube. And so you have to think about, and, and again, that's why the Facebook thing is huge, right? Because some yeah. people, they love going on Facebook and, and checking on people's videos and Instagram. Like you have to get into the mindset of, the audience and where are they going to consume your content and then make sure you hit every single platform. So when you say you consume on YouTube, you mean literally listening to it. Like you're not even watching the video. You got your phone in your pocket and you're just listening to yeah. it. So I would say that's 50% of the time. Yeah. I half the time I just, I'll put it on, I'm listening to it. Or even if I set my phone down, right? Like at my laptop when I'm working, I'm not looking at the video just because it's sitting there because I'm I'm typing an email or I'm doing well, something else, but it's playing because that's just, I'm just so used to that. You're, you're absolutely right that I would never think of that. I've, I only, I, I did it the opposite. Um, 
I used to make kind of marketing videos back for like marketing material with my company because of my agency. But when I got into the podcast, I only started with iTunes and I honestly thought the rest of it didn't matter. The rest of it was sort of like an add on. And I never even thought that somebody would put on the YouTube video just to listen to it. And now as you say that, and I kind of observe my own behavior, there's a bunch of different times that I've done that. Right. And, and you know, like right. I never even thought about that. Sometimes what? we'll joke about it and I'll say, you know, you're looking at our ugly faces, but half the time people aren't. But at the same time, if you notice, right, and this goes for national shows, if you notice, right, Howard Stern being, you know, the king of this medium in terms of content providing, he started filming his show back in what, like 95 when we were kids and they started showing it as the video version of the radio show. And now mm -hmm. every radio show videos itself. Right. And so, yeah. cause there's a portion of when you're listening to radio and consuming it, or just listening to audio and consuming it, sometimes you want to see the video portion, even if it's just somebody talking, because think about it, like us just talking here, how much more dynamic a conversation this is because I can look at you and your reactions, right. As opposed to just listening to somebody on the radio, you know, when you listen to a podcast and you watch it as well, you can see people's reactions to what the other person is saying versus sometimes voice inflection or things like that. It's harder to notice how somebody actually feels. So there's a, there's a huge piece of the podcast realm that I feel like video has a huge importance in. And that's why I feel like YouTube should be a good piece of anybody's content providing, let's call it portfolio, right? Yeah, I agree. And I also think creating a podcast there's a lot of value in being able to look at each other even though like you know we're across the country from each other i can always tell and i would have this conversation with my girl because she likes um god what's that guy's name ben greenfield you ever oh, seen yeah, him yeah, sure, this sure. guy yeah. and i can always tell when his podcasts are over skype because it's like he has all of his questions lined up and then he just asks them and then i almost feel like he kind of puts his mic on mute and he just lets the other person talk. And he's a great interviewer, you know, he's been doing it for a while. Yeah. So yeah. I'm sure there's other examples that are like more linear in terms of like your turn, my turn, your turn, right. my turn. But I, I feel like I can always tell. And, and I like having the person in front of me on the other side of my desk to be able to look at them. And I knew that if I was gonna have the, ability to record podcasts with people that I wasn't in the same room with, I at least wanted to still be able to look at them because there's just something to it. I don't know what it is. It like helps in the engagement of the conversation. I completely agree with you. I and mean, when we talked about doing this, right, we were talking about doing a Skype video or something like that, but this setup, which as soon as you sent to me to look at, I was like, this is incredible. It's this pretty is cool, right? It's great. And that's the piece of interaction that I feel like people don't, they take for granted on the video portion. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and the reason that I say that is because literally like my, my podcast partner and I argued about that in the video portion. And there was a piece where he's like, well, we don't really need the video. I'm like, trust me, man, the video is important because you see us reacting real time to this stuff, whether it's to each other or to callers, right? Like, you know, that's stuff that, that you may not think about, but a lot of people like to consume. And, and again, you could turn on ESPN in the middle of the day and they're showing the Dan Lebitard show on TV, right? The guys are, are, are on TV and, and the Will Kane show, they're showing the guys on TV. That's the new way that these talk type of shows are put out. Okay. So let me, let me switch it up real quick. Um, 
what is it like having to do a podcast with a partner? Okay. <laughs> and yeah. be feel right. free, you know, because yes, I don't have I will. to do that. And I the, can imagine the... that that's <laughs> difficult. <laughs> so the prophet, the prophet and I have developed a good rapport over the last six months, right? Sure. But initially I had started it by myself. Um, and I'll tell you, it, it it's always a, an experience, right? And the last couple of shows that we've gone through have been pretty smooth, but we'll go through shows where we disagree on content. We disagree on viewpoints. We argue, we talk over each other and we're, you know, we're not a radio show where like somebody can cut somebody else's mic off or we'll just be there. And it can be very difficult, but it also helps you grow because the thing I have to be careful of, right. And it's about knowing your weaknesses. I feel like as a person overall, and as a content provider, I talk way too much <laughs> and, and which in this, you have always been really Gabby. Yeah. You know, you've known me a long time. I will talk forever. I could talk for 50 minutes straight and never shut up, but I need somebody sometimes next to me be like, yo dude, shut your mouth. <laughs> like uh -huh. you're, you're talking too much. Let people digest what you're saying. Right. Let's, and then, and to fill in. So it's a good like yin to my yang. And that helps me grow to be like, all right, maybe I should, you know, get my point out, but not go on a 25 minute spiel about nothing. Right. Just to keep talking. So I feel like it helps a lot doing them with somebody else. It's great to do them by yourself, especially, and I'll still do them if I really feel strongly about a point and I want to get it out. But I've done them by myself and I filled 40 minutes and then I'm like, okay, I'm ready to close down. Whereas like we're doing now, we are talking when Nick and I have done them and we're, we look up more at the hour and a half mark and it feels like we've been talking for 10 minutes. Yes, absolutely. And I think that touches on kind of what I was saying before where I've learned a lot about myself and I've learned a lot about the art of conversation. And you know what else I've learned a lot about, which I, I spoke about before, and I, I, I'm, I'm sure people have heard me say this a few times, but I've, I've learned to get a little bit more comfortable in silence when doing a podcast, because when you're on the air and it's silent, even for like a second, like two seconds feels like a long time. Um, if you're not conditioned to it it, 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 it like crawls in your skin, you know, but then as you go back and you listen, you can, I can catch myself. I don't want to speak for you, but I can catch myself being like, Oh, like that was a good opportunity to pause. And I was uncomfortable. So I forced it. And I've, I've been able to look back at conversations that I've had with people on a podcast and see where like, there's no reason to be uncomfortable. They're literally just thinking. Yes. And like, it's okay to give that person time and space to articulate their thoughts and to not feel like I have to come in and save them. Right. You know, like it's, it's kind of a, a strange thing for you and I to, to talk about in this conversation where like, you know, we're talking about your sports podcast, but in the art of interviewing and like the art of podcasting in general, I've found that like one particular skill to be really, really valuable and to like go over in other parts of my life where I can recognize it. It's like, just let it be, you know, just like let the silence be for another second, another two seconds, which feels like fucking painful, you know? It's but, like death when you're doing a podcast, yeah. right? Like if we like, just think about it. If you sat here and we timed three seconds of silence, we would be like, what? I don't even want to do it. 
Oh, no. I, for a split second, I thought like, let's do it just to try it. <laughs> like, no, no, I, I don't want to do it. Here, especially when you see each other, you just stare at each other like, okay, are you going to talk? Am I going to talk? Who's going to talk? Uh-huh. But it, it helps because when you play it back, you can really feel the space, you know, like given the conversation room to breathe, I, is how I always end up, end up phrasing it. So, so look, man, this is, uh, geez, we won all this time and I don't even think we said where like somebody can find you. Like, uh, I don't even think yeah, we, well, what I mean, was called. we pretty much did. Right. Because our main two platforms. Uh, so if you want to consume the show, both video and audio, right? We talk about it. It's YouTube. Um, that's it's on my channel, so you can search my name, but nobody can spell McGuigan, right? Because it's not the easiest name. It's easy to say, but not spell. So if you can find my name on there, or you can just search from the hill. Uh, the important thing when you search from the hill is to put the little underscores in between from the and hill. You have those two yeah. underscores in there, and if you search that, it'll come right up, and you'll see our face. And then the same thing applies for the iTunes podcast application. We're on there from the hill use the underscores uh, on either side of the, and also on the SoundCloud application as well. Those are our two audio only platforms. Where do you get the most of your, your downloads or views or what? Do you get them from video or do you get so, them from iTunes? I feel like right now it's YouTube. We get them from video or like our most, our most consumed shows have been the Facebook live shows. I feel like people love Facebook live. Um, and mm-hmm. I think it's growing just a, it's an indication of, of how we are right on our social media, because when you have Facebook live, what happens if you're friends with somebody and they start a video, they get that notification, right? So sure. we set up, we'll put out a, a notification a couple hours before that we're going to do a show on Facebook live and it comes up, um, that in YouTube, the weird thing is, and, and maybe, I don't know if you know this, I've checked, but I can't figure out how to see how many hits you get on iTunes. And I, I think they do that on purpose. Because yeah, I can't they do that purpose. Yeah, I can see which shows are getting the most hits, right? Because they give you the popularity meter. But I can't tell how many hits we get on there, or how many subscribers we have on there. Um, SoundCloud, but, but, you can, but that's yeah. like a secondary piece, right? Most people that want to do audio only are going to go to iTunes before SoundCloud. Well, iTunes is just basically an RSS feed. What, um, like, where do you upload your MP3? Yeah, you're right. Files? So my 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 RSS hosting platform is SoundCloud. That's where that's where I upload to, and then that feeds into iTunes. Yeah, Apple has has always been that way. They're just they have no customer service. Even if you're even connecting your podcast to iTunes is kind of a difficult podcast to go through the podcast oh, yeah. connect. Yeah, and there's like no instructions on how to do it. Nope. <laughs> they're they're really really terrible at it, and they just don't care. They don't care because they own the market, right? They own everything. Mm-hmm. They're just the biggest thing for everything. They can put their name on any application and have it be the biggest one. It's insane. Do you put your podcast on Spotify? I we don't do Spotify yet. Yeah, you have to. I've been having a lot of success with Spotify. Spotify. I'll have to look into that. Actually, you're not the first person that's told me that, so I may actually have to get serious about Spotify. I've heard good things. Yeah. Um. I mean, great, man. Is there anything else that that you want to close with? I no. I thoroughly um, enjoyed talking to you. I, me too. I mean, hey, anytime, anytime you want to catch up, you know. And hey, listen, anytime you want to come on from the hill and talk some Eagles, I would. Lo- I always love to get philly fans perspectives when they're elsewhere right because like i have a friend of mine that moved down to north carolina 
during the NFL season. So he was dealing with a lot of the Panthers fans while the Eagles were on their successful playoff run. And we talked about it all the time. Like I love to hear the perspective of Philly fans during a season when they're somewhere else. Cause you know, you're getting it. People, Philly has this interesting dynamic wherever you go. Right. So I always love to hear it. So anytime you want to okay. come on FTH and give us the, the, the Eagles. Fan well, perspective. Before we leave then, let me tell you what it was like to be in lonely Boca Raton, Florida <laughs> when the Eagles won. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you exactly what happened. And if my sister watches this, she can confirm it. Cause my sister was, you know, Emmy DeStefano, right? Yes. Um, she was in center city with her and they won and they FaceTimed me and I have a boosted board. It's like a little electric skateboard that goes really fast and I'm flying on my boosted board just around Florida, just screaming at whatever person I can find. And so she FaceTimes me and I, I ditched my board and I just was running. I don't even know how to explain it. And it's not going to register to people who are listening to this, like the rush that was going through my body, you know, but I'm just running down the street and Alex FaceTimes me. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just running. <laughs> <laughs> It was great, man. That was a great moment. I didn't even have anybody over my house because I was just so, I was so worked up. Like people were inviting me to parties. I was like, no, I can't do it. I have to watch it alone. I, I the emotion from that was just, it, I, I it, it's almost honestly, it's undescribable. It's it undescribable, really you know, because this this felt so much different from the early two thousands teams and the two thousand three team. Like this just felt so much different. And I, I can't explain it. I mean, I'm still, we're still on that high, right? We're, we're just absolutely. Every I haven't time, taken my hat off. Every time I see an Eagle symbol, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. We won the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, here, you know what? <laughs> I'll leave off on this one. And this will only work for video. Um, and I'll explain it. But my father is in Scotland right now. He's at my cousin's. And so he FaceTimed me. And that's his shirt. <laughs> his oh, that's fantastic. And I'm wearing my hat. So it just goes to show. Anyway, on that note, like I told you before, man, I think I think the timing of your show is really perfect. I think I think that the city needs a show like yours that isn't so um controlled by like the same mass media that has been basically running the airwaves in Philadelphia and really southeastern Pennsylvania for I mean geez, 20 years. Um I think you guys are gonna really really crush it and I, I mean that not even just because like i'm i'm trying to hype your show up i mean that from like a real authentic standpoint so if there's anything i can do to help you out please let me know next time i'm um, i'm in the area my mom still lives in roxborough so i'm gonna be right around your neighborhood and uh i'd love to come on man it'd be like a, a real honor of mine Oh, absolutely. That's an open invitation, my friend. And like I said, anytime you want to call in when we start doing call segments, you're you're more than welcome to. It'll be uh it'll be my pleasure to have you on, buddy. Great. Well, thanks so much for having me on the show. Um for anybody listening, if you could please leave a comment on iTunes. Uh it can be an honest review. That's the best thing you can do to support the show. Don't forget Jack's podcast is called From underscore the underscore hill. And uh Jack, it's great talking to you, brother. You too, Timmy. Thanks, brother. Keep in touch with you. Hey, guys. It's me. It's Tim. One last time before we wrap up, just wanted to say thank you for tuning into the podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes. 
please leave me an honest rating. Please follow me on Spotify. It's the best thing you can do to support the show. If you want to find out more, go to timstods.com. Feel free to fill out the contact form to reach out to me personally. I always respond. I appreciate you guys so much. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one.